Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Second Kings chapter 4. This sermon came out of a series of sermons called Defining Moments. And I preached a number of these from the Bible. And what a defining moment is, it doesn't happen every month, doesn't happen every year necessarily, but it's a tipping point in your life. It's a critical moment in your life, like when you got saved, that was a tipping point, that was a defining moment. Uh, the, I got saved, the week I got saved, revival broke out, I had a lot of friends of mine uh, set in the same service I did, they didn't get saved, and many of them are in the grave today. Their lives, others are destroyed and on and on and on. That was a defining moment. There will be some defining moments in your life where God comes on the scene. It's like Moses with the burning bush. It's like Isaiah in the house of the... I saw the Lord high and lifted up and His train filled the temple. It's like 500 saw the Lord ascend into heaven... But only 120 of them made it to the upper room and they turned the world upside down. And I could go on and on. It's Peter that day uh, when Jesus asked to borrow his boat. This defined their destiny. I want to read this evening an amazing scripture. I'm not sure I can get through all of this. I may have to do it in in two parts. Um, But here is a record of a woman... um, that if she had not have responded um, in this instance, very likely she wouldn't even be in the Word of God. Now think about that. There's times in your life, God will pass by, life will be orchestrated, dynamics at work, it's just a normal day to you. But in God's economy, if you don't respond correctly, your, your history with God may not even be written. In other words, this woman, uh, we're going to look at some, some interesting dynamics about this woman. And something happened and she sees something that other people allowed just to pass by. And now there's a record years later, a beautiful story of her life. I want to minister a sermon Like I say, I preached it in 2000. It's been preached many places by many men. uh, Making a room or building a room for the miraculous. 2 Kings chapter 4. I want to begin with verse number 8. And and I may read it all, may not. But now it happened one day. Elisha went to Shunem where there was a notable woman. A great lady. Great woman. She was persuaded, she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. She said to her husband, look now, I know this holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall 
Let's put a bed for him there, a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. Happened one day he came there and he turned into the upper room and he laid down there. Then he said to Gehazi, now this is his, his disciple. He said to Gehazi's servant, call this Shumanite woman. When he had called her, she stood before him. And he said to Gehazi, say now to her, look, you've been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. So he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son and her husband is old. So he said, call her. When he called her, she stood in the doorway. Now think of this. She's standing in the threshold of the room that her giving built. Then he said, about this time next year, you'll embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived, bore a son when the appointed time came of which Elisha had told her. The child grew. Now, now keep following the story. Now it happened one day, the boy went out to his father to the reapers. In other words, he's out in the field. You've probably heard sermons on that. Those who get head injuries out in the fields of labor. Amen. I go often out into the fields of labor and they've had a head injury, a mental injury. He said to his father, my head, my head. So he said to his servant, carry him to his mother. When he had taken him, brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon, then he died. And she went up, now again, she laid him on the bed of the man of God. Now think of this, this is a bed, this is a room that her giving had built. She shut the door upon him and went out. Then she called to her husband and she said, please send me one of the young men, one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. He said, why are you going to him today? It's neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said as well. Now, now think of this. It, and I'm going to preach in a minute, but I, there's just so much here that I don't have time. Uh, what about, what a husband. I mean, it's not Sunday. Why in the world are you going to church? It's not the new moon nor the Sabbath. She said it's well. Then she saddled a donkey and said to her servant, Drive, go forward. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. She departed. She went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. So it was when the man of God saw her far off, he said to his servant Gehazi, Look, the Shumanite woman. Please run now to meet her. Say to her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? She answered, It is well. Now when she came to the man of God at the hills, she caught him by the feet. Now watch, here's a, here's a disciple. Uh, he's got a major money problem. He's going to spin out later. You can follow his story. But watch, something was already involved in him. This is another sermon. I won't preach this tonight. But Gehazi came near to push her away. The man of God said, let her alone. Her soul is in deep distress. The Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. So she said, did I ask a son of you, my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? He said to Gehazi, get yourself ready. Take my staff in your hand. Be on your way. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. If anyone greets you, do not answer him. Lay my staff on the face of the child. The mother of the child said, as the Lord lives, as your soul lives, I'll not leave you. So he rose and followed her. Now Gehazi went on ahead. Now he's got the staff. He's, he's been trained uh, 
Uh, he's got one of my old Bibles, whatever, call it whatever you want to call it. Now Gehazi went on ahead of them, laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore he went back to meet him and told him, saying, The child is not awakened. Elijah came into the house. There was the child lying dead on his bed. He went in, therefore shut the door behind the two of them, prayed to the Lord. He went up and lay on the child, put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, his hands on his hands. There's another sermon. He stretched himself out on the child, and the flesh of the child became warm. He returned, walked back and forth in the house, again went up, stretched himself out on him. The child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. Now, here's the the difference. Gehazi, one little shot, he quits. But here's a man after God's heart, and he pursues um, until there's resurrection. He called Gehazi and said, call the Shumanite woman. So he called her. When she came in to him, he said, pick up your son. So she went in, fell at his feet, bowed to the ground. Then she picked up her son and went out. Now, there's a lot here. Let me read just a little shot in chapter 8, um, uh, verse 1. Now, there's a famine. Elisha is going to, he's going to uh, prophesy a famine on the land. It's going to be terrible. Then Elisha spoke to the woman whose son, verse eight, uh, chapter 8, verse 1, He had restored to life, saying, Arise, go you and your household. Stay wherever you can, for the Lord has called for a famine. And furthermore, it will come up on the land for seven years. Now think of this. This all began one day. We'll get back to that. So when the woman arose, did according to the saying of the man of God, she went with her household and dwelt in the land of the Philistines seven years. Came to pass at the end of seven years. The woman returned from the land of the Philistines. She went to make an appeal to the king for her house and her land. The king talked with Gehazi. Now remember, this is, this is Elisha's backslidden a disciple. Now he's, he's a gigolo in the king's court. He's telling stories about Elisha. Then the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, please, all the great things Elisha's done. Now think of the timing here. She's been gone seven years. It happened as he was telling the king how he, Elisha had restored the dead to life, there was the woman whose son he had restored to life, appealing to the king for her household and her land. Gehazi said, My Lord, O king, this is the woman. This is her son. He's standing right there. This is the boy Elisha raised from the dead. Verse 6, When the king asked the woman, she told him, The king appointed a certain officer for her, saying, Restore all that was hers, All the proceeds of the fields from the day that she left the land until now. Let's pray. Father, by the blood of Jesus, God, I pray, stir our hearts, God, to understand you're a faithful God. You're faithful to a thousand generations. God, may we step in your presence. God, in anointing, in revival. God, your people, may they rise up even as this woman. God, may you write their history and may it be glorious to glorify your name. Keep these people, God, for your eternal purpose. I pray in Jesus' name. The Bible says this woman was a great lady. This word in the Hebrew has a number of meanings. She had some material greatness. Uh, She owned an estate. There's fields. There's harvest. She had means. She had substance. Uh, Abraham, when God spoke to Abraham, Genesis 15, 1, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in the vision saying, fear not, Abraham, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. This is also a term of greatness. 
In other words, this word in the Bible that refers to this woman has many facets. Uh, uh, Jesus in Mark 10, 22, the rich young ruler. And uh, you know the story. Jesus talks to this young man. He's wanting him to follow him. The young man does not want to release uh, uh, his possessions. And he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. This term in the Hebrew can have to do with material wealth. But also it has to do with social eminence. It has to do with standing or position. In a community, you have a good testimony. You're known as a man of character. You're known as a woman in the house of God that's liberal. You help people. You have a good report. You have a good witness. When people look at you, your testimony, uh, you have some notoriety, and it glorifies God. There are a lot of reasons why people call someone great. Sometimes they call them, they have athletic skills. They call them a great uh, uh, athlete or whatever. Um, But this woman, uh, here is a record of her greatness, um, and it has to do with how she responds to what God wants to do in the earth. Listen to me carefully, because you can have many of these other things and miss it here. In our text, it said, It fell on a day that Elisha passed by. In other words, her story begins here. Shunem, she was a Shunemite. It was on the road between Mount Carmel, where Elisha lived, and Samaria. In other words, there's nothing unusual. It fell on a day. This is a common day. There's no storms. There's no, it's like any other day. She has, she's going about the affairs of life. Like many days that you live, um, God is going to pass by in the form of a human life. And this can define you the rest of your life. It's an incredible thought. We have people, water baptism, and they'll talk about somebody knocked at their door, witnessed to them, and their whole world changed because of how they responded. God passes by through human life. Jesus told the story about the good Samaritan, the man on the road there. He's beaten. He's bruised. People walk by. Jesus, the Levite, the priest, this man stopped. Let me ask you. On the common, ordinary days of your life, are you still sensitive to what God wants to do? Nothing here unusual. Most scholars feel this would have been his road. He would have passed by here. He's about kingdom business. But think of this. He would have passed other homes. He would have went by other. Maybe there's there's a man in the field with a sickle. And he recognizes the prophet, just like you reckon. He may have even waved. Someone else may have even had some conversation. In other words, here's many people that he would have passed on his way from Mount Carmel uh, down into the city of Samaria. But this woman, um, uh, something in her heart um, uh, triggers God, and now God is going to write her history. Wonder how many times God passes by us and we don't respond. We miss it. There's no high drama, there's no curtain call. 
It's very simple. It's like the day Daniel, you know in the book of Daniel, he's a young teenager. A lot of teenagers, young people here. Daniel, one day, he purposed in his heart he did not eat the king's meat. Common, ordinary day. He said, I'm not going to defile myself with that which has been given, offered to idols. It was simple but profound. God records it. And this man, there's a book with his name on it. What about you? It could be at school tomorrow. It could be at the university. It could be at high school, junior high. It could be in your neighborhood. It could be at work tomorrow. It could be tonight in this place. And here we see the secret of a heart that God calls great. We see what begins to separate her from all the others that Elisha would pass by. The Bible says she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as often as he passed, he would turn him there. And the Bible says in verse 9, he passed by continually. Here separates a lot of people. She had a heart to meet the needs of a man of God. She had a heart to take her resources and invest in kingdom business. It's like Yvette was talking about. You saw some of the the photos of Dominican Republic. That's a tribute to a people sitting here that have a heart to make an investment in a man and woman of God and in kingdom business. In other words, out of her heart, she wanted to support the ministry. She's willing to take of what she has. And this man's needs were not a bother to her. He came by often. She wasn't complaining. She wasn't critical. We never heard her say, you know, all Elisha wants is my bread. Bible says she insisted. She compelled him. This means she looked for his passing. She's, she's, she's man, I wonder if, he, she's talking to her husband, maybe some of the, man, I wonder if Elisha's coming by. We better be ready, Elisha's coming by. He may come by today. Is that the way you are when we're going to take pledges for world evangelism? Man, I mean, Take pledges, man, for world of that. We, we better prepare for this. Is that your heart when it comes time for tithe and offerings? Is that your heart when we stand or someone stands and declares a need? See, it's wonderful to read her story, but it's another thing to live it. That's the problem. We love the ending of this story. But do we want to live the beginning? She has no idea. Like so many of these Bibles, she doesn't know how it's going to end. Like you've heard me say, Moses never knew Charleston Heston was going to play him, you know, when he, when he lived the life. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He had no clue, the, you know, the chair, the, you're riding around and all of that. He, he had no clue of that. This woman, it's the same. She has no clue. One day, she just loved to give. She viewed her wealth, no doubt, As an instrument to bless the work of God. She viewed it, as I read, as a tool. I can see this woman. She's baking bread. She's preparing. Luke 6, 45, Jesus said, A good man, out of the good treasures of his heart, brings forth that which is good. 
An evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart brings forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Let me ask you, what's in your heart? What's the treasure that comes out of your heart? You have treasures. You have things that have been deposited in you by God, by people, by your own diligence. And out of the treasures of the heart, you're going to bring forth. There's, there's a reservoir in your heart. There's a deposit. And out of that comes good or evil. What's God going to write about your story? See, a, a heart after God looks for opportunity when it comes to kingdom need. It's an attitude many times that has to do with our wealth and God's need. It has to do with people. Paul said God loves a cheerful giver. God loves those that are gleefully looking for a place to give. Jesus sent his disciples. He's going to ride into Jerusalem. They're going to send them to get a colt, a donkey. Luke 19, verse 33. As they were loosing the colt, the owners there said unto them, Why do you loose the colt? And they said, The Lord hath need of him. And they brought him to Jesus. Hey there, Sermon Podcast listeners. This is Pastor Adam back with you again. Wanted to just take a second here to thank you once again for listening to this sermon podcast. We've had an explosive rate of growth and listenership for the past few weeks. And we hope that you appreciate these daily sermons to encourage you and help you. I just want to share a couple of ratings that we've gotten in the Apple Podcast application. Clint B. writes a five-star review. He said, I am so grateful for our fellowship. Thank you. This podcast, very helpful through the day. Uh, Bobby Sanford from North Carolina said, inspiring. Awesome to hear sermons that are encouraging and inspiring to the church. Uh, We could really use your help to add a couple more of these very helpful reviews. Uh, These do help us to get the word out about this podcast. I want you to know that we have a truly worldwide impact with this podcast from the United States to the UK, Australia, Ireland, Germany, New Zealand, South Africa, Netherlands, Canada, Romania, Afghanistan, Namibia, Vietnam, Switzerland, Kenya, India, Russia, Hong Kong, Ghana, Uganda, Guam, Meritus, Brazil, Puerto Rico, Mexico, Zambia, Japan, Jamaica, Malaysia, Israel, Ukraine. The list goes on and on of nations that are listening to these sermons. So we just want to say thank you for listening. Make sure that you're subscribed. Make sure that you're sharing these when you hear a good one. And please, if you haven't done so already, make sure you leave a five-star rating and a review of what you like about this podcast. Thank you again for listening, and back to the rest of the sermon. But you see, her story doesn't end there. The Bible says it began with bread. And then in verse 10, she said, let us make a room. Let us build a room, I pray. She's talking to her husband on the wall. Let us set it up for him there, a bed and a table and a stool, a candlestick. And it shall be when he comes to us, he can turn in there. In other words, she's enlisting her husband now. 
She's, she, she's, she's a woman under submission. She's not just going to go up. She's, she's speaking to her husband. And you read his story. He doesn't seem very spiritual. Amen. When the boy dies, you know, he, he's, it's kind of odd, his, his response and all of this. But even in spite of all of that, there's something she's enlisted. She said, listen, listen. And this is the way giving, giving starts many times very simple. I remember as a new convert, you've heard me tell these stories. Connie and I, you know, we spent so much money on sin. Got came to church, you know, got a job, hadn't worked in forever. You know, those envelopes, had never seen one in all of our life. Grown, adults, almost 30 years old. I'd never seen it. I didn't, but once, wow, man, put our dollar and 20 cents in there, you know, shouting the victory, you know, waving at the ushers and all that kind of stuff. You, you know, you think when you drop it in the plate, everybody in the church is going to stand up and cheer, you know. And, I mean, in our mind, man, this heavy, heavy-duty stuff. You know what I'm talking about. And she started out with bread, but before it's over, she says, we need to build something. We need to build something for God. We need to build. I mean, you could go to India today. Dominican Republic, we heard testify. Lagos, Nigeria, Bitwell, just got it. They're trying everything. We're trying everything to get them and the family in for the conference. South Africa, Mexico, massive, still the work in Mexicali, throbbing for God, kicking for God. Australia, Malaysia, Alan, just call me. Richard Ruby was there, Mike White, Dan Rubianis was there for their Pioneer Rally, and he said the place was packed. Richard Ruby, Pastor Ruby was elated. Um, he said, Pastor, you wouldn't believe what's happening. Just incredible grace of God. We could talk about Europe. We could go on and on across the U.S. Uh, but somewhere there's a moving from just, you know, this to I really want to do something substantial for God. I want to do something substantial for God. I want to build something. More than just some bread that meets the need of a moment. I want to meet the need that has lasting impact. Planning churches in the nations. Pray about Burma. This pastor from Burma, Miramar, this, this nation. He was there at the Pioneer Rally. Dan Rubianis and Alan are going to go over and check this thing out. Pray about Accra, Ghana, Africa. Pray about places in the States. Our Bible conference is coming. But here's this woman, um, something now has shifted into another gear. And she says, you know what? Let us build a room. Let us make a room. What a privilege. She views this, no doubt, as ministry. Not just as building a room, but building something for God. Not just a blessing for Elisha, but a blessing for God. She viewed Elisha as a messenger of God. She said to her husband, this is a holy man of God who passes by. I want to examine with you that what you build can create an environment or it makes a room for the miraculous. Faith responds to opportunities, the need of the moment. She has no idea when she's doing this all God's going to do for her. We now can read her story. She's simply responding out of a heart by faith. She says, I have some resources. I want to build something for God. 
The Bible again, this term, it fell on a day. In other words, again, this is just like any other day. She gets up in the morning. She has duties, no doubt. She has no clue this is going to be the most wonderful day that she can think of. And Elisha came. He turned into the room. He's now in the room that her giving is built. And I'm not sure how all this happened. But the Bible says this. He said, to Gehazi, called the Shumanite woman, and she came and stood in the doorway or the threshold. And listen to what he says. You've been concerned for us with all this care. What can we do for you? You want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. He said, what then is to be done for her? He asked Gehazi. And Gehazi says, she has no child, and her husband is old. Now, now, think of this. Is, this is an intense scene. This is high drama. Here's a man of God. He has a reputation as a prophet. This man, I mean, you can do your own story, miracles. And he says, listen, because you've been concerned for our need, God's concerned about yours. Oh, if you can grasp that, it'll change your whole life. God's saying, I want to do something for you that you can't do for yourself. And Gehazi said, listen, she's never had a child. She's barren. And her husband is past the age. He's old. In other words, there's no hope. And you feel this when Elisha speaks to her. Her heart must have leaped out of her chest. He says, about this time next year, you're going to have a son. And you, you feel, she said, no, 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 Lord, don't lie to me. And the thought in the Hebrew, listen, don't, don't build me up. I've been hurt here before. Don't take me down that road if you're just going to drop me somewhere along the way. And again, when the boy dies, she throws that up again. And so here, she can't believe what she's hearing. And, and it's, it's probably something she's longed for, she's dreamed about, she's prayed over, she's agonized over. It's something that, that's deep and she's probably laid it to rest and said, well, my husband's old, it's never going to happen, that can be you tonight. In the natural, it looks like it's never going to happen. And yet, all of this was triggered. One day, she said, you know what? Let's do something for the work of God. And now God is concerned about doing something for her. What's true of that woman is true of you and me. Said you're going to have a child, a boy, about this time next year. The Bible says these words in Psalms 37. Delight yourself therefore also in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Hebrews 6.10, For the Lord God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which you have showed toward His name and that you've ministered to the saints and do minister. I've been praying because, you know, uh, we're wanting another building and et cetera and wanting God to give us a building. And I've been praying. I said, God, we've given tens upon tens of thousands to the nations. About as a people, we've invested, only the Lord knows. 
in buildings, people, souls, from, from Mexico to Russia, Australia, India, Malaysia, Asia, across Africa, Europe. I said, God got these people. And you said, if we give, you'd give it back to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. You would cause men to give back. God, I believe that's true. I'm asking you, God, to give a building back to these people. And God is faithful. God is faithful. And here Jesus said, and, and the Bible said, God is not unrighteous that he would forget your work and your labor and your sacrifice and your love. He doesn't forget. Listen, he doesn't forget. Every time you choose Jesus, every time you say no to the world and your flesh and, and, and our, our own humanity and say yes to God, he doesn't forget that. That is recorded. What this woman did was not just recorded in Elisha's mind, but it's recorded in God's mind. And now God says, I can do something for you that you can't do for yourself. Listen, listen, listen. If we'll have a heart for the men in the ministry, the couples, the work of God, listen, God will have a heart for us. God will keep us. God will bless us. God will help us. God will open doors for us. God will watch over us. Marriages and children and family and minds and souls. He's deeply concerned for this woman. Philippians 4 verse 15. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia... No church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again into my necessity. Not because I desire the gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. I have all and abound, I'm full. Having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Then this verse everybody puts on the refrigerator. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. But if you're going to put that verse, you ought to put the other ones too. Said God's, you didn't forget me, Paul said, and God's not going to forget you. By faith, this woman. And God decided to step into the deepest desire and need of her heart. Psalms 37, 4, as I said, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Listen, our gifts and giving builds a room for the miraculous. Proverbs 18, 16, a man's gift makes or creates a room for him. What's true in the natural is also true in the spiritual. Listen, you build spiritual rooms as well. When you have a giving heart, when you have a liberal spirit, uh, when, when you are a giver and not a taker, you literally begin to build a room that God can birth things in, things that are impossible with you and I, but possible with God. Proverbs eleven twenty four. there's he who scatters. Yet increases the more, the generous soul shall be made rich. Let me ask you, what kind of rooms are you building? 
Are you building spiritual room? You know, when you pray, you build a room that God can birth things. Do you know that? When you lay hold of God, your marriage can be a, a room not just for birthing children, but to birthing something with God's name on it. The climate of your house. You, you have a house of faith. You have a house of love. You're building something. You, you have a house. You have a spirit. To, you carry a dynamic with you because you're like God in that you give. God so loved the world that he gave. One man said you're never more like Jesus than when you're giving. This woman has built a room. I was just looking at Oscar and Linda. Years and years ago, we planted a church in Killeen, Texas. I was just recently there for their Pioneer Rally. They had 600 and something people. Building was packed wall to wall. They owned this building, remodeled it and et cetera. But I can remember preaching there in a garage building, in a garage. I mean, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about a house garage. I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, we rented a garage uptown somewhere. I'm talking about a garage. They pulled their car out. And we had church on Sunday morning. We facilitated what God could do in that place. They now have 12 churches out. Oscar and Linda are here. They were converted in that ministry, was there, went to India, opened up the nation of India today, which is one of the bright spots on planet Earth, um, and there's no limit to what God can do. <laughs> Birthing. Building a room for the miraculous. Place of vision. Destiny can be born. That's what this church is. People walk through these doors. And, and not only are they born again, but destiny many times is born. Bird the sun. I could go on and on with this principle. Peter, James, and John one day. The Lord says, can I borrow your boat? I want to speak to these people. They gave their boat to Jesus. They facilitated the ministry of the man of God. Think about this. They facilitated. They took out of their material things and facilitated his ability to preach. That's what we do constantly. And these flags, that's what they represent. After he's through with their boat, they've already wrapped it up. They rolled up the nets, caught nothing. He said, unroll them again, go out and cast your net. They said, Lord, we fished all night. We caught nothing. You don't understand, Lord. We're fishermen. You're a carpenter. Sea of Galilee, you fish at night. The fish can see the net. It's clear. I've been on the Sea of Galilee. And they run for their life when they see nets. It's daytime. You don't understand. But then they say something very powerful. Nevertheless... At your word, we'll let down the net. Now think of this. It started. Can I use your boat? Now they drag in. They have to get help. The boat's sinking. But it's not only there. Out of this, Peter runs and falls at the feet of Jesus. Said, Lord, I'm an unclean man. Here's a defining moment in his life. I'm an unclean man. Jesus said, listen, Peter. Henceforth, you're going to catch men. And the Bible said he left his net and his boat and followed Jesus. 
And now there's books. In the book of Acts, Peter, James, and John. That day, they gave a boat. These men were in business together. They took of their natural wealth and facilitated what God would do. And God reached into their life and birthed destiny. That's true tonight. What do you have? The Lord says, the Lord has need of it. What do you have? Ron Meyer was just telling me he challenged the people. They bought a big uh, semi. It's like a semi. It's a stage. It's self-contained hydraulics. Uh, We're just looking. We're going to do a big outreach in the Midwest, uh, uh, gathering two or 300 people, going to uh, 20, 30,000 flyers. We're trying to work out all the details even last week. uh, And he said, Pastor, what I did, I, I preached a sermon, and I said to the people, there's things that you could sell. Every one of you have something. You have things you could sell and give to the work of God. And $30,000 came in in a short pledge in one service. What do you say when the Lord passes by? Jesus said, listen, I, I, I need that. Hey, I need it myself. I got some needs of my own. The donkey. Tell them the Lord has need. Hey, that's my donkey. I've been feeding that, raised that animal from a baby. Well, who's, who's, who, who's the Lord to come around here asking for things? But you miss that moment. What if Peter that day, Jesus said, could I borrow your boat? He said, absolutely not. Can't you see? We put everything away. Maybe next time. Wonder how the story would there even be a Peter in the Bible? What about you, though, and me? What about you sitting here tonight? Lord passed by, said, I need your life. Hey, I got bone plans. Sometimes it's you he needs. Not what you have, it's who you are. Lays his hand on you. Lord has need of you. Lord has need of you. Lord has need of you. What do you say right there? Lord has need of you. What kind of room are you building? A room for the miraculous? You know, there's another man in the Bible. I'm closing. I'm I'm not going to preach all this sermon. I feel God in the place. There's a man. Jesus told this man's story. He prospered. You heard Yvette saying, we don't realize how... Did you hear her telling that? Here's a, here's a mama. She got four or five kids. Walks 45 minutes to church. Walks. She's there early for prayer. She's crying under conviction. And she ought to be under conviction. If you know Yvette. <laughs> I was late. Amen. There's a man in the Bible. Bible's Jesus tells a story. He's a farmer. He prospers. One day he says to himself, I have much goods. And I said to my soul, take thine ease. I'm going to lay up my goods for many days. I'm going to tear down my barns and build bigger barns. He built some rooms. Had nothing to do with God. And Jesus said, you fool. You're a fool. 
Because this night, your soul will be required of you. Then whose will all these things be? What are you building with the life God's given you? What are you building with the resources He's made available to you? Are you building a room that God can work miracles in? Are you building a marriage, a heart, a life that can birth eternity? Ask you to bow your head with me this evening. Lord, we thank you tonight in this place. God, we rejoice in your presence. God, I ask tonight, deal with us, God, that we build something for your glory. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vvph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vbph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.